This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. John Stewart is back at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition wherever you get your podcasts. Hi. Hi. <laughs> We're so happy to be back that we had to say hi together. We had to say it together eventually. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Star Trek The Pod Directive. I am one of your hosts, Paul F. Tompkins. I'm the other one of your hosts. I'm Tawny Newsom. This is the podcast, I think we've decided, uh, where we eventually talk about Star Trek. Yeah. Sometimes we stop talking about Star Trek to just chat and hang with our friends, as you'll hear in this interview. And then sometimes we bring it back to Star Trek. So there's a lot of both Trek talk and non-Trek talk. Yes. We have, so, oh, our guests today are so much fun. They are friends of ours. People we've known and played with for a long time, uh, Nicole Byer and Lauren Lapkus. You have probably seen Nicole and Lauren uh, on your television. Um, Nicole, of course, is one of the hosts uh, of Nailed It on Netflix. Lauren is an actress who's been seen in a million things. Uh, she was recently in The Wrong Missy. She's recurring on uh, Good Girls right now. And I've, I, but full disclosure, I co-host a podcast with Lauren and Scott Ackerman called Freedom. They are together the hosts of a podcast called Newcomers, where they tackle different um, franchises of films and uh, discuss them um, from a perspective of seeing them for the very first time. And it's it's a real ball to listen to. I highly recommend that as a podcast. And so neither of them was overly familiar with Star Trek. So we had them watch an episode of Deep Space Nine. And we had a wonderful discussion about it. It was a true dream and a delight. <laughs> I want to show Nicole and Lauren, I want to be the person to show them things all the time. I want to be like, watch this I thing know. with me that you've never seen because they are such a delight. <laughs> they they ask questions. They don't mind, you know, not knowing what's going on. They ask us a lot of questions in this interview about the episode and about the Trek world in general. It's so much fun. There is something that is that is very pleasing about being the person to show someone something for the first time. Mm -hmm. I, like usually it's like you have a favorite movie or something that you want to show someone. Then there's a lot, the stakes are very high. If it's mm -hmm. someone, let's say that you want to be with in, in a certain way. Oh, I see. You're talking <laughs> and, about impressing a part, potential partner. Yeah. 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 And you're like, Oh man, if, is this going to be a deal breaker <laughs> if they don't <laughs> like this movie? Because seeing, sometimes you have that feeling of seeing it through the other person's eyes. Yes. And realizing, oh, this isn't very good, is it? This oh, thing. <laughs> I have that feeling constantly with my husband where I will love to watch like an old classic film or like mm -hmm. a movie musical of like maybe one of my favorite musicals, but then put on the screen and how much I love it. And watching it through his eyes, who has no interest in anything older than like 1970, <laughs> no interest in musicals. He's like, why, why would we do this? Why are we doing this? And I have to agree. I'm like, you're right. This feels bad. This is not for you. <laughs> it is funny that there, there are things that we touch on this a little bit in the discussion, but there's the, the things that you loved as a kid, let's say, that uh, you have a fondness for. 
And then there, there comes a deciding point in your life where you were either going to have to defend it to the death to somebody who says it's bad, or you are going to admit to yourself, uh, I have changed and grown and this mm. is not as good to me. It's not the same as it was to me when I was a kid, but I'm still allowed to have a fondness for it. I'm still able to enjoy it while mm -hmm. recognizing that it's not quite the same as when I was a kid. But I don't know. I feel like maybe that started with, I don't know if that started with my generation, that thing of you had to cling to, you had to be, you had to be loyal to these things from when you were a child forever. Like you had to mm -hmm. say, not only was it good then to, to, you know, like eight year old me, it is still good now to middle-aged me. It's yeah. still just as valid. My eight year old taste holds. My eight year old <laughs> I, taste is exactly. bulletproof. <laughs> Like, what are you afraid of? I was a connoisseur. I knew what was what. And I'll never disagree with my past self. I owe it to that little child, to that little guy who's sitting crisscross applesauce in front of the TV on a Saturday morning. Scooby-Doo is quality programming. Look, I used to have the second uh, Ninja Turtles movie, the first like 30 minutes of it committed to memory. And w would I do that now? Does that movie stand now? Probably not. Probably not. That's a big probably, Tawny. You'll have to watch it again to be sure. You know what? I haven't seen it since I was six or whatever. <laughs> no, but I, if you haven't listened to Newcomers, I, I truly do recommend it, Even if, especially if you're not familiar with the properties that they cover. So the first yeah. season is Star Wars. The second season is Lord of the Rings. Now they're in Tyler Perry. All things that neither of them had seen before, despite it being so prevalent in pop culture. And it's just such a refreshing take you know, I, I love a good deep dive nerd podcast where the hosts love what they're watching and they can pull out all kinds of details. And then I love I love this too, where they have no idea what's going on and they kind of yeah. learn along the way. It's really so much fun. And they I I think they approach it as as open mindedly as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um and it's it's they they go on a journey with these with these properties. It's really it's worth listening to the entire season. It's it's really great. So Lauren liked this episode because uh, she felt like it was structured more like a family sitcom, more like things that she's used to. And we wanted to point out that one of the writers, Ronald D. Moore, joined the Trek family through a contest. He joined through an open submission process, which was in place on Next Generation and uh, Deep Space Nine and Voyager, I believe, where anyone could send a story idea to the producers of Star Trek and... Uh, in the seasons of these shows, uh, there's a there's a good number of fan submitted story ideas that made it onto the show, which is a a really cool thing. And Ronald D. Moore was one of those. He was on a tour of the Next Generation set and slipped his script to Gene Roddenberry's assistant. Um, Ooh, and the, the rest is history for Ronald D. Moore. Yeah, and that script got bought by an executive and ended up becoming the TNG episode, The Bonding. I feel like stories like this are cool, but also I want to I want to caution any young writers against <laughs> these kind of atypical <laughs> pathways. Because I think we hear all these stories all the time, like, oh, this actor crashed his car into this casting director and now he's famous. And it's like, don't don't do these weird <laughs> shoot yeah. shoot for the stars kind of a move. Just these are stories you're gonna for annoy parents. people. These are stories yeah. <laughs> for parents who want to tell you you should write him a letter and say right. <laughs> I'm also <laughs> I, my mother is also Italian, and I think that I should work on your TV show. <laughs> right, because nowadays what's going to happen is you're just going to annoy someone. You're going to annoy an exec, and they're going to be like, I vow to never work yeah. with this person oh, again. The, oh, they'll remember you all right. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> it won't work out. You won't be a Ronald D. Moore. Um, That's right. Your, your yeah, name so then, will be at the security desk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, things have gotten more intense. Um, we're glad that Ronald got in. But uh, yeah, so he's one of the writers of this episode. We're watching DS9 in the cards uh, with Lauren and Nicole. And what what an episode to to pick. This is in the fifth season of DS9. And it is, it's a weird one. Um, it's a little funny. It's a little mm-hmm. strange. We could not have asked for two better people to discuss this episode with mm-hmm. as their as their first experience with Star Trek. Although Nicole said that she watched TNG, but it didn't seem like she retained a whole lot. As well, you'll I think see she, in the episode. she watched it as it aired when she was a kid. So that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. And just another quick shout out. Uh, you'll hear that one of Lauren's kind of favorite characters that she liked was um, Nog, who was, of course, played by Aaron Eisenberg, who the Trek family just lost a couple of years ago. So just a quick shout out to Aaron and, and his great work. It's nice to watch an episode that features him so prominently. Absolutely. Well, let's hear our riotous discussion with Nicole Byer and Lauren Lapkus after this break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. New CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Violent Island, you got here. Walk to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday, starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Here we are. <laughs> face to face, a quartet of silver spoons. <laughs> Is that a song from something? Here we are, face to face, a couple, a couple of, of silver, silver spoons. It was a sitcom oh. starring uh, Joel Higgins and Ricky Schroeder. Oh. And a young, a young Jason Bateman, right? Uh, I do think he was on that. And they had, Ricky Schroeder had a train in his house. He was very rich. A train? A silver spoon this, in his this mouth. This is the thing that oh. every kid remembers is that he had <laughs> a kid-sized train, electric train that would run around the, the living room. Why? What did it transport? Yeah. Him. him. He was rich. <laughs> so he would just ride around his living room? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's just... Huh. I can't remember if it went to multiple rooms in the house or if it they was just only, on a it's circular like they track. They only showed it in one room. In one room. I mean, the, I, the idea was that it could travel as far as three states away. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Because I'm just like, what a misappropriation of funds if you don't have a train that takes you from your living room right to your top bunk of your bunk bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's that would be a huge mistake. But um, yeah, I like that um, we have like civics-minded Nicole here, who's like, <laughs> yes. you really have to exactly. <laughs> you need you to really allocate gotta get a, these funds. <laughs> we need a better transportation plan. Oh, <laughs> uh, Laura Lapkus, Nicole Byer, the hosts of Newcomers. Did you just call me Laura? No. <laughs> oh. Wow. I think you called her Laura. No, I hit what? That's not her name. 
Paul, I talk to you no. every day. When wow. you mess up Lauren's name, she gets mad and starts throwing stuff. <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to tear up my baseball card collection. <laughs> Honestly, what a great segue. <laughs> Honestly, perfect. <laughs> Lauren, you did it. And I said, Lauren. <laughs> I heard it that time. Um, you got how many times have you ever seen anything of Star Trek? Okay. So I've watched most of Next Generation oh, with okay. Captain Picard. Picard. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family Captain really liked Bacardi. it. Yeah, Captain Picardy. My family loved to drink and get loose on the <laughs> rum, baby. Uh, but then Deep Space Nine, I feel like as a black house, we should have loved it because there's a black captain. But we were like, no, 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 no. We don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why. I don't know why it was so different, but it was like a different vibe. It was a it's a totally different vibe for sure. Yeah. 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 That it's makes like sense um it's a little darker. It's a little like it starts off really political, whereas like TNG was political too, but it's just handled in a different way. So I think your household was I think there were a lot of households like yours that were like, not this new thing. Mm. It's also it's a lot of offices. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people people talking to each other in various offices. And so maybe it seemed a little too close to home mm. where it's like this is I don't want to watch people at work in space. <laughs> I forgot who called it like a like a space western. Somebody called it or not a space western, but like a western outpost town because it's this, mm-hmm. you know, it's the space station as opposed to a ship that's traveling around, so you have mm. this like promenade of characters, you got a sheriff, you got um yeah, all these people that you'd find in a little western town. What about you, Lauren? How much have it, have you seen of any of it? So I was on another Star Trek podcast and I did watch an episode for that. And other than that, I think I've seen none. (laughs) So I've seen this episode, that episode, and I, I recall it coming on TV, but, um, that I recall myself not sticking around to find out. Sure. <laughs> I love that. I recall it being there, and I recall me not being there. It's almost <laughs> as if you are in court and you're trying not to incriminate. I, well, what I recall is, but I can't be clear about it. According to whatever memory I have, it did come on TV. However, I don't recall seeing any of it. Uh, That's now, right. But it, because it's such a huge part of pop culture, there is stuff that you that both of you probably have not seen that you have absorbed over the years mm-hmm. um, just because there are constant references to things like you. You've heard of Captain Kirk or mm-hmm. you've heard of. Beam me up, Scotty. Beam me up. There Scotty. we go. Great. Exactly. I don't know who Scotty is, but I know that there's beams. He's in charge uh-huh. of beams. I will say this episode that we watched shocked me. I It was so unlike what I thought the show was. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. we picked a wild one. Um, yeah. So <laughs> what we did is we said, let's jump right in. Um, DS9 is my favorite series out of, out of all the Trek. Oh. And um, this episode was picked by our lovely producer, Kendra, for being... What do we want to call it? A bit of a, a bit of a weird one, a bit of an oddball mm-hmm. one. It's an outlier. <laughs> it's an outlier for sure. So this is not indicative of the rest of the series or the rest of the franchise at all. Um, all right. Well, I want to jump right into what I think is most interesting about it is that it has done what my show Lower Decks does perpetually, which is flipped the A story and B story. So typically in Trek, you get like the bridge crew, you get the captain, you get his number one. They're dealing with like major space issues. Here's an alien. They live on a moon. It's going to explode. We got to save them. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the morality of like, well, how do we save those people? And how do we respect their culture? And you get these morality plays that deal with this, these grand issues. And then you get a B story of like, you know, Jordy and Data trying to teach themselves how to do comedy or whatever. So you get these mm-hmm. little fun stories that are the smaller ones. So this episode has completely turned that upside down in a very bizarre way in that we have um, Jake Sisko, son of the captain, and his buddy Nog, new cadet Ferengi Nog, trying to find a baseball card to cheer up the captain. (laughs) And that is the main plot of the story. One thing that you must know is that Star Trek is obsessed with the idea that baseball will continue <laughs> hundreds of years into the future. Uh-huh. So this comes if, up a lot. As if soccer will not be the sport that will continue. <laughs> of course it will. But <laughs> but <Why>? baseball <laughs> I, Base, well, I for some reason they you. think baseball is going to be the thing that everyone remembers. I think it will be soccer. You just need a ball and then just like two little posts to yes. kick the ball into. Baseball, yeah. you need a bat. That's money. You mm-hmm. need gloves. That's, that's artisanal. Money. And someone has to craft them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then the ball. And then bases. There's a lot that goes into it. Not soccer. There was an episode of The Next Generation where they go to a a, a planet. It's the planet where everyone wears uh, little white uh, onesies. Oh, um, like babies? Yeah, they're like big babies. They're big, <laughs> incredibly attractive babies. They're incredibly attractive? Ooh, yeah, it's like a sexy, it's a sexy planet. It's a sexy planet <laughs> where it's like they're on shore leave. And they go there to essentially just like fuck everybody. Wow, <laughs> truly. But, Take but me there. We- I'm Wesley Crusher, Wesley Crusher, who is a, a teenager on the show, he wants to teach some of the kids because they're not allowed to have sex. <laughs> he wants to teach some of the kids a game. And it's baseball. And he starts outlining like all the things they need. And it's like, this is not going to happen, guys. <laughs> the species were the were the Edo and they were on the planet Rubicon 3. Um, and they have this free spirited culture where you can come and do anything. They're open sexually. They're open with visitors, all this stuff. And then uh, they have very they have a few very specific rules that Wesley breaks. That they don't tell anyone about. No. Wait, in all the franchises, is there like a young boy in all of them? There tends to be like a young person in a lot of them. So in The Next Generation, there's Wesley Crusher, Wesley Crusher, who's the son of uh, the doctor, Beverly Crusher. And then mm-hmm. in Deep Space Nine, there's Jake and his buddy Nog. Yeah, I mean, they, the, because they're ships of- Voyager is a Naomi Wildman? Yeah. Oh. So because, you know, the Federation is like, they're supposed to be ships of peace. They do have like families aboard. Um, Miles and Keiko O'Brien have a daughter named Molly. Like the the idea is that these aren't ships that are going to war all the time, even though they end up in some scrapes. Mm -hmm. But they're supposed to be, you know, like a a family military post that's for exploration. So that's how we get into this story with uh, the the captain's son and uh, Jake and Nog, the most festively named uh, character. (laughs) Yes. Well, I have a question. Um, Like, are the writers of this series people's names when you go on imdb are they also writing on like sitcoms like or are they kind of in a world of sci-fi that's a good question i wonder some of them are like kind of famous sci-fi writers that will come back throughout the series but yeah i wonder i don't know the answer to that i bet that some of them would end up on other dramas other hour-long dramas but not necessarily Mm -hmm. you know cross genre is that quite that far maybe i do think that the episode we watched is so similar to a sitcom mm-hmm. that i was wondering like oh so this is just like full house but they have like 
<laughs> it's like honestly, it is like some real Leave It to Beaver stuff. It is. It is so. Yeah. What's What's amazing about? Okay, so they. <laughs> Jake's dad, the captain. Captain Benjamin Cisco, he's very upset. He's down in the dumps. Mm-hmm. And then so the whole, the whole like, main crew is upset. The, the whole, whole main crew, crew is real. Like, having a terrible what time. were they so upset about? That was I was having trouble. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> well, they're we like dropped having you a in, sad dinner. <laughs> we dropped you in right in the middle of a very intense war. So most of the episodes oh. are dealing with this war. This, I guess, uh, the writers were like, we're sick of that war shit. Let's have <laughs> something lighthearted. But mm. uh, yeah, there's a war where like the Federation is kind of getting their asses kicked. And so everyone's just morale is low. Mm. Yeah. So Jake thinks I heard about this about this auction that's happening uh, on the station. And, uh, uh, you know, there's, of course, an ancient baseball card. (laughs) Of course. So I have to get this for my dad. That will cheer him up. I don't like it is hilarious (laughs) to want this. First of all, the things that are up at the auction really made me laugh. But like because what year is it? On the show. Uh, twenty. It's the 24th century? Yeah. So it's hundreds of years past. Wait, what century are we in now? We're in the, don't. (laughs) We're in the 21st year. (laughs) But it didn't feel like there were like a lot of things. It it, it didn't. Because I was like, I don't want to say we're in the 20th century. I think that's wrong. (laughs) And I'm glad I didn't say that out loud. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. 21st. I'm sorry, Lauren. Continue. No, I was just gonna say. Do you like? It didn't feel like they had. They didn't feel like they referenced a lot of things that I've never heard of. Like they Mm. like kind of were like the only things that are for auction are from 1950, 1960, (laughs) 1970. Yeah, yeah. Listen, everybody loves Earth, and they love Earth history. I I love Earth. No, it's the only history I care about. So I fully understand. (laughs) Some of the funniest parts of this episode, I think, were not meant to be funny. And one of them is one of the auction items that they're listing off. They're just like, oh, there's this old baseball card. There's this. There's that. There's a pair of Tellarite shoes, date unknown. Like, it's just this alien mm-hmm. species shoes for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is that important? <laughs> we don't Why is the date important? <laughs> the idea that the these are these, these are shoes from a different, from a, you know, a certain species but we don't know the date means like fashion never changes on this planet. Like it, they <laughs> just had the not. same shoes for thousands of years. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I like know. that actually. There's also <laughs> kind of back to what Lauren said about how there was all this stuff for auction that you'd never heard of. There, there's this vibe in all of Trek that like they'll reference older Earth things, but nothing like pre or nothing post like the 70s. Like everything's mm-hmm. kind of like, they'll talk about Mozart or they'll talk about whatever, you know, from Earth, but it's always like, it'll get up to like the 70s and then they don't talk about that anymore as though they don't want to talk about anything that was too recent to when the show came out because it yeah. wouldn't seem like the past for the future. Does that make sense? Like they never mentioned Fair. Echo and the Bunny Man. No, and they should. And I've been <laughs> waiting Echo for and it. the Bunny Man. <laughs> I don't like, know what Stevie that is. Stevie Wonder. That's another I'd episode a- of Star Trek. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'd love a mention of Stevie Wonder for once. And it seems Stevie like that's Wonder. too recent for the 90s. Track. Or like if they were like a beeper. Yeah. Like, you know, like something. <laughs> Check out this old Nokia flip phone. <laughs> <you know? laughs> Date unknown. But I'm just like, who has all this stuff to be auctioned? Why, why is there an auction? Why? The space collectors is a theme uh, oh, that, okay. that comes up. Well, I think it's it's like a it's a it's a it's a trick for the writers 
where they can uh, bring in um, some easy conflict of something. Mm. If somebody wants something, they, there's always a guy who likes to collect shit. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> there's one rare thing, like data got collected one time. Data? Um, yeah. As a whole? A whole yeah. entity? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is he a robot? What was data? He's, He's an, an android. android. And data got collected? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> guess what? <laughs> data got collected by a data collector. <laughs> And guess what? That guy Wait. also had a baseball card. <laughs> yeah. That guy was obsessed with a baseball card, data, this one like furry species from somewhere. He had this like right. hall of curiosities that he kept data oh. in. Um, that was from an episode of The Next Generation. I have a, a question about Please data. Do. This is what so we're here data for. Data is an android. Yes. Why didn't they make him a color that was better? <laughs> he's, he's, he's like this like Green. He looks kind of queasy. He's like kind of greenish. Oh my god! I or just like grayish. Him. Yeah, he's 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 a he's a shimmery, nauseated color for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah. looks like Donald Gleason in Star Wars. Oh, what yes. a great segue! <laughs> yes. Let's let's take a pause from our journey through the episode and talk about exactly why you guys are great guests for this show. I'm gonna call you guys professional. I guess newcomers. I was going to try and think of something else, but that's the name of your show. Professional ignoramuses. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Well, on your show, you started going through the entire Star Wars catalog, the entire canon. You watched Mm -hmm. so much. I listened to so much having seen, I've seen a lot of Star Wars, but it's stuff that just doesn't stick in my head. I've just watched it and I'm like, great. And listening to you guys go through it, I was like- (laughs) (laughs) it was it was wild then you also moved on to lord of the rings uh Mm, boy and now you are in the midst of a tyler perry watch through and so these are all things Uh that both of you had never seen (laughs) that we love we love tyler perry i know we watched like your your energy go from like low lower to very high Mm -hmm. it's on (laughs) I am a listener, and um, I, of course, had seen Star Wars and Lord of the Rings, so I enjoyed those episodes. I am not super familiar with Tyler. I mean, I know who Tyler Perry is. Mm-hmm. I know who Tyler Perry is in the way that you guys know what Star Trek is. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, of course, I know Medea. I know um, he. <laughs> I know his business practices. I know all these things. <laughs> but without even watching the movies. Listening to you guys talk about the movies is absolutely delightful. I've I've been meaning to text you personally, but I'm going to say it on a recording that I am enjoying the show so much. It is and so good. It's really, it's such a it's it was such a great idea to explore um, that particular canon, and uh, I think it's I think it's great. I get which thank you, thank you. We've been having so much fun with Tyler Perry that so much fun. We were only going to do ten episodes, but I think we might do some more because we <laughs> yeah. we did twenty for Star Wars, twenty about Lord of the Rings, Whew. and by the end of Lord of the Rings, we were listening to like a BBC radio play. It was like, awful. You know, like, there's yeah, just yeah. not enough content. Star Wars could have gone on longer because they mm-hmm. have so much, but um, Tyler Perry turns out has you know about five thousand projects that are truly <laughs> so many. We should also mention that Tyler Perry has made an appearance in the Star Trek franchise in the 2009 film. He's a teacher at the Academy. So maybe you can watch that movie as part if you run out of Tyler Perry content. (laughs) I don't think we will. Tyler Perry, I think, currently has seven sitcoms on television or television shows. Mm -hmm. So many. You know what we should do is we should get somebody. I'm sure it's online. I want to see like a reel of all of his acting roles and things that he did not 
make. Ooh, right? Like, right. I want to see request. him on Star Trek and then on Gone Girl mm-hmm. and whatever. Yeah, Alex Cross. Sure. There you go. Oh, what so, is Alex Cross? He's a he's a detective. I think it's based on some series of books by. Oh. It's like, like books you see in the airport. Like novel, yes. those kind of novels. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, Richard North Patterson, one of those guys. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay. Sounds yes. familiar. It does. I like Patterson. I like those three name scrolly cover books. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Where the where the name is bigger than the title. One of those. Yes. Books. Exactly. Yeah. Because that's all you need to know. Um, <laughs> Lauren and Nicole, how has it been? Especially with the first two seasons of the show, with Star Wars and with Lord of the Rings, you're entering into this like very intense fandom. Uh, I cannot imagine jumping in there as a newcomer and you guys were so honest about what you liked, what you did not like and like mm-hmm. how 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 was that? How did the world treat you? I think it was helpful that we had people who revered and loved what we were talking about. So when mm-hmm. Lauren and I were like, "Ooh, we zoned out at that part. What happened?" I don't get it. Yuck, yuck, <laughs> yuck. Someone was like, "No, it was integral to like Vader fucking, I don't know, go uh, something happened." <laughs> exactly. You know? And we were like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, I think that helped a lot to kind of like ground it. So there's we always had a guest on who cared about mm-hmm. the topic. But um yeah, I mean, I think people were overall pretty nice about it. I didn't, I like did not allow myself to read any sort of Reddit nope. thread or anything sure. about that show. I, I really didn't want to hear it. So I don't know what those people were saying, um, <laughs> but I feel like on Twitter it was mainly positive or people like correcting us or sending us like yes. more things connected to it. And I was like, oh, you don't understand. I don't yeah. need to see a meme. I don't this. want this. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, don't want this at all. <laughs> I didn't need that meme. <laughs> yeah. People overall still send nice. Lord of the Rings memes. And I'm like, oh. I never want to think about Lord of the Rings ever. <laughs> yes. again. Sure. And I think yeah. there's like a delay to where like, people are like watching it or listening to the podcast for the first time now. And then yes. they're like, oh, chiming in. And we're like, oh, no, we have put that into a vault. Like, we yeah. have done. But this but is yeah. going to happen to you for the rest of your life now. You're going to get just. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, you know what? It, you know what it really did, though, by doing the show? It really took away this mystery about these things. Like, I think we both avoided Star Wars and mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. forever. We just were like, that's not our thing. And then to watch it all and go, hey, now I know what it is. I have my opinions. I have things I liked about mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. if anyone wants to talk to me about that, I do have opinions about positive things and negative things. And I think allowing ourselves to like have our full spectrum of opinions was really good because then when we liked something, it was like, Everyone earned it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, see, we like that. Like, we're not lying. Yeah. Like, we're not lying. <laughs> I'm not trying to please anyone. Like, it's like, I hate, I hated that thing. That part was really boring. And then I love that weird little character. You mm-hmm. know, turns out yeah. I usually like the things that everyone hates, but. Same. Yeah. Well, sure. We have like the mindset of children. Cause like kids <laughs> will watch the newer ones and be like, I loved it. And we're like, we loved the. What the post schools? The, the last right? three post schools. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the last like the last Jedi and all. The, yeah, those last we really yeah, like. We were like, ooh, action! We love it. And people are like, mm. we hated it. And we're like, yeah. Oh, I don't know why. It's pretty decent storytelling. Well, one of the things I like. I mean, fandoms are always like, you're not a real fan if you like this or you don't like this. But I feel like your show is like, yeah, no, we're not. So we're mm-hmm. just gonna like what we <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, like I yeah. love the holiday special. My God, I've now seen it three times. <laughs> oh, it's hell yeah. so funny. <laughs> it's what so I, weird. One of, <laughs> one of the things that I love about the show, and, and to 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 the point of what you're talking about, is that it illustrates that there's no rules about liking things. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. like, and when people try to gatekeep any kind of fandom, it's so absurd because it's like 
it, it, then, because then it's like, okay, now you watched it, but you didn't watch it eight times like I did. You know <laughs> what I mean? And it's like, that's not, it doesn't matter. So I think so many people's opinions of things are are from when they watched it the first time when they mm-hmm. were a kid. Yes. And then they're like, that one's the best one. Yeah. These new ones are not that. And it's like, we're actually the most unbiased opinions you can mm-hmm. get. We yeah. have no interest in liking or disliking <laughs> it. We're just like, let's just see what happens. Yeah. And we have no memories associated with it. So there's no nostalgia. It's just like, which one's the best? And hey, it's uh, Jar Jar Binks, you know, like whatever. I love Jar Jar. <laughs> I love, love this Jar-Jar. controversial opinion of y'all's. And I, I stand Jar Jar's funny. <laughs> he speaks funny. The physical comedy's there. Jar Jar is cool. I don't know why people were so mad about Jar Jar. <laughs> I I can't even begin to I mean my memory is from like when I was 16 or whatever and I saw that. So I have no yeah. I have no opinion about this. Mm-hmm. Um it's funny because when we decided to have you guys on I was like my first instinct was like I bet they don't know a lot of Trek, but I really want to show them like a good episode that I love that'll like tug at their heartstrings so that they'll love it because <laughs> I just really was like I hope they like it, but then the suggestion to show you a not great episode, I think, is so much better because it doesn't fucking matter. Like, you'll like what you like. <laughs> yeah. You won't like what you don't like. So with that, um, were there any characters or, like, anything about it that you were drawn to or that you thought, oh, I could I could watch more of this gal or guy? Well, I think for me, the fact that it, it did feel like a sitcom made me like it. Like, I was like, that's the kind of thing that I nostalgically watch. And so to to kind of go, oh, I didn't realize this show would do something like this. That opened my eyes a bit to the show. And then I just, I thought this whole storyline with trying to get this baseball card was very funny. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> level of drama with these gold bars. And like, I, I just, I loved that whole thing. I loved the auction and like the, the, the kid character who I think is played by someone who's older or I don't know how old the, the actor is. Um, the one who has the money that they're using. Yeah, not no, Ferengi. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not. He, he was just very funny to me, like as yes. a person. Yeah, he's <laughs> a good, very person? funny. Is that, do you call yeah. them? Are they? What are they? Klingon? What? No, uh, Ferengi? he's a Ferengi. <laughs> yeah, Klingons have the forehead. Uh, oh, okay. right. Uh-huh. So Ferengi <laughs> is like another like species, or like mm-hmm. yeah, yes. Frankie's okay. another alien. So their whole thing is that they're all about commerce. They have like the laws of acquisition, or sorry, the rules of acquisition that are all just about like commerce and trade. That's like their that's their religion. Um, so he's the oh. only one who has money. Because the Federation is post-money in the 24th century. So that's why Jake, uh, the human, the son of the captain, he doesn't have any money and he has to use Nogs because he's like, I'm human. I don't have any money. Um, um, wait, speaking of so Klingons, though, wait, the, wait, maybe the most... Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let's go. So Let's get into an it. auction where they're asking for money for items, but nobody has money unless you've saved some money? Well, humans don't use money. Humans oh, don't use money. Oh. Yes, the Federation. And I'm sorry, the, and not all the auction. The Federation were, is like a, a galactic unification of many different species, so I shouldn't say the entire Federation doesn't have money. Humans don't yes, have money. Yes, fair. That's right. This is like tender greens when I went once and tried to pay with cash, and they were like, <laughs> "We don't accept cash anymore." Oh. And I was like, "Excuse." <laughs> tender greens is a lot like Federation Earth. For also, sure. tender green sounds like it is named after cash. Named after cash. It's tender, it's green. Well, <laughs> but we will not take it. It's also money. It's named after cash twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. I don't I don't know how I feel about stores not accepting cash anymore. I'm like, uh-huh. this is how what I have here. Like that's money. Yeah, that's what I said. I think it's a little classist because it has it assumes that you yeah. have to have a, a bank account. Mm-hmm. And if you don't yeah. have a, a home, if you're an unhoused person, you may not have a bank account. 
And or if you're a child who's like sent in to get something, which is or you're distrustful of the government. Exactly. There's a lot of things you could be. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe you're a millionaire, but you keep it in shoeboxes under your bed. We don't know your life. Maybe you want to break a bill because you're actually really rich and you have a hundred dollars and you want to break it up so that you can then go do something with the smaller bills. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you would do, but Mm -hmm. maybe (laughs) you're you're somebody, maybe you've coated the bills with a certain poison and you're trying to uh, kill the entire staff of Tender Greens. Okay, yeah, so you worked at Tender Greens, and that's what's going on. <laughs> it was me. I made that decision, and I stand by it. Um, so now, what did you think, as as people who have never seen the show before, mm-hmm. what did you think of the idea that um, these children were able to convince these adults <laughs> that they could do the adults' jobs um, in exchange for you know a good or a service? Did that seem logical and rational? No. To you? <laughs> A lot of Is this things. a IQ test? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say it did not seem logical or rational. Mm-hmm. Did I get I it right? I agree with that. <laughs> In my yes. personal opinion, yes, I agree. I, I yeah. think that's, that's what adds to that sitcom feel that Lauren has, because I think this is For not sure. indicative of most episodes of this series, certainly. I don't think you would have... Uh, Major Kira, who's like the captain's number one on the space station, <laughs> asking a 18-year-old to help her punch up a speech that she has to get. I, I don't think mm-hmm. that these things would <laughs> yeah. normally happen. I feel like this that's why this episode's a bit of a weird outlier. But yeah. sort of skipping ahead a little bit, what I do like about that weird storyline, I, I kind of don't like all the like, we have to go here and we have to do this and we have to jump around. It's like this weird scavenger hunt we're following them on. But what I like is that in the end, it like lifts everyone's moods. And in the captain's log at the end, you hear Cisco being like, well, I don't know what happened, but everybody was real pissed off before. And now they seem lighter. And it's because like O'Brien got to go on his kayak trip and Kira got to do her speech and Worf got to listen to his very loud, shitty opera. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I like so that strange. it led to something. The very specific volume at, to which the music needed to be at. Yeah. Also, I will be honest. I watched this a while ago. I did not rewatch it as a refresher. I said I couldn't possibly. Um, the stealing of the teddy bear. What mm. was that about? I forgot about that. That yeah. I also find confusing. So okay. Bashir's the doctor on the ship, uh, on the station, and he's dating this Dabo girl. Dabo's like uh, a casino game, like roulette. And she like used to work in the bar or still does at this point. I don't remember. And um, he had loaned her his like childhood teddy bear and she kept it. This one was the weakest one for me, where he was like, I'll do what you need, but you got to go get my teddy bear back from my girlfriend. So a child <laughs> sneaks into a grown woman's room okay. yeah. and takes something from her arms while she's asleep. I did not like that. Yeah, I didn't like it either. It was very strange. And I was like, what is this? And again, I was like, I can't possibly rewind to get why oh, this no. is happening. <laughs> you don't have to do that. I was like, I will ask when I'm on the pod. I have a question that's like a like a technical question, but do you know how long it takes to put on like Nog's makeup? Ooh, yeah. Because imagine that having that job every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but if Kendra knows, I tried to chat. Google it, but I I just feel like looking at this guy, that was one of the main things I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Was his head and how uncomfortable he must be all day. And then like that feeling, which I would love to see like behind the scenes stuff from the show where they're just like hanging out and chatting, but they look like this. That's the best. Anytime you see that, that's the, like smoking cigarettes. They're sitting, yeah. <laughs> sitting in the director's chair smoking cigarettes. I want to just see, I want to see Doug Jones who's in Discovery now and he plays like a very made up alien. I just want to see him like on a cell phone backstage sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> just like texting. Just coming um, out of the bathroom. <laughs> so the makeup on the Ferengi is probably some of the most extensive in in all of Star Trek. Um, the the Ferengi that you might know more of or you might have seen more of is that character Nog's uncle. His name is Quark. He runs mm-hmm. that bar. He's a main character yes. on Deep Space Nine. You see him all the time. Quark isn't in this episode a ton, but I liked the fact that – so this is the first episode directed by Michael Dorn, who plays Worf in both TNG and DS9. Oh. And Worf is a Klingon. As Nicole said, he's got the the forehead alien little the wrinkle. <laughs> so that's a considerable amount of makeup that he was in. I like the idea that maybe Michael Dorn was like, I want to direct this one with a bunch of Ferengi shit going on because like, he wanted to take out some kind of revenge on <laughs> – on the fact that people would have to be in makeup for longer. I don't know. That's just a, a thought I had. <laughs> What's also about the makeup for the Ferengis is that they all have, um, they all have to wear teeth. They all have to wear like mm-hmm. jacked up teeth, yeah. which in the early seasons of The Next Generation, all the Klingons had them as well. And then I think Michael Dorn at some point must have said, I I don't want to talk around these teeth anymore. Can I just have regular teeth? <laughs> because yeah. at some point he definitely stops having like crazy alien dentures. But to think <laughs> yeah. that these guys on Deep Space Nine did that for years, years, put in those dental prosthetics and had to like, if you've ever had to do that, it's really, it's really, it's wild how much it changes how you speak. Mm-hmm, and to, just yeah. to sound normal, it's a real it's its own little exercise in in figuring it out. It's it's really something. But good for Michael Dorn for no, <laughs> saying, look, I don't want to wear these anymore and let's not yeah. talk about it. <laughs> I don't think I I don't think I could do it. I've never had to wear like heavy makeup or a prosthetic. Have either of you had to do? I had to wear heavy prosthetics for a sketch that never aired way back <laughs> in the day where I played uh Richard Nixon and they did a uh a life mask of my face where I had the Whoa. whole like oh, wow. Uh, wow. the plaster and the the straws in the nose and all that stuff, um, which I found I was I was afraid I was going to get claustrophobic, but it was actually mm-hmm. very soothing. Oh, <laughs> it was oh. nice because you're just put in a void, and then you no one expects you to talk. Like you could just sit there <laughs> and be and be a statue. It's great. I would be so scared that someone could try to kill me. Just put <laughs> two little thingies at the bottom of the straws and goodbye, Nicole. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the like scariest. Giving your life to in somebody. <laughs> yes. That's scary. The perfect crime. <laughs> and then you eat the peanuts afterwards and then mm-hmm. there's no evidence. <laughs> Ew. I guess I wore I wore a nose prosthetic for something. And that oh. was just so strange. And when it finally came off, I was like, mm, reborn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I don't think point? I've ever had to do that. What was the point of just the nose? Were they trying to make you look like someone? A witch. (laughs) That was going to be my guess, actually. Great laugh. (laughs) I didn't fully commit. It was not great. Thank you, The tired witch. (laughs) (laughs) I've been cursing people all day. (laughs) Okay, so here's the question. If there was... 
If there was like, I'm assuming it would have to be a comedy for like any of us to really, really want to do it. But if there was like a, if you were going to get 22 episodes a year or 26 or whatever, you were going to be like set for life, but you had to be in like full body prosthetic makeup, insanely uncomfortable, full hot. Body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the legs, like You're the like ankles. a mermaid or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're in water. Yeah. You're like an aqua person. <laughs> would, would you do it? Would you take the gig? Yeah. I think I would. Yeah, I mean, when you say set for life, I pretty much will do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what if it's a pilot? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's that's where you start to wake. It's like, do I really want to put this on every day? But Mm -hmm. like, if if it's like picked up and they're like, yeah, you get the job and you get tons of money, you just have to waste (laughs) four hours every day getting into this costume. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like kind of torturous. I mean, even like movies like like superhero movies, it seems like it's such a pain to have to put mm-hmm. that stuff on every day. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess my, when I think about this, when I was thinking about Nog, I was just wondering like, Oh, do you think they shot all his scenes at once? Like kind of trying to like make the most of the makeup and mm-hmm. get him out of there. You but- know, they didn't do that. We've all been on a set for yeah. eight more hours than you're needed. Yes. We've because, all had uh... ideas about how things should be shot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I remember from, especially in the first season of Newcomers, you guys talked a lot about the merch and how you loved like Yoda merch and stuff even before Mm -hmm. you were really into the show. How do you feel about merch for Trek? Do you think you would buy any merch even though you're brand new to it? Um, I can be pretty much convinced of anything in, in the yeah. merch department. I <laughs> This is why you need that money. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I have a lot of merch. merch. Um, I feel like with Star Wars, I was like, if it's cute, I want it, you know? And I, how much cute stuff is happening in Star Trek? That's a question I have. Are there cute little guys that are like little aliens? There are tribbles. Have you mm-hmm. heard of the tribbles? They're kind of like I'm little Googling. No, what's furry. a tribble? They're very furry little like alien things that are almost like guinea pigs, but they multiply crazily. So they oh, they I want that easily yeah. <laughs> over a ship. <laughs> there's an episode of the original series called The Trouble with Tribbles where they're first introduced. And then in Deep Space Nine, there's one called Trials and Tribulations. That's also pretty funny. There's a short. They don't even them. have eyes. These are literally they're just literal puffs. just they're, they're yeah. monsters. Buns. Yeah, they're like buns. Yeah, that buns I can just put hair. on top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm here for a triple. No, oh, there was a triple tri- cereal. I'd probably attach. I'd attach. I'd attach a triple to my purse. I'd okay. like have a triple hanging like from a, a keychain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Everybody remember <laughs> I a kush? About those. Oh, yeah. I wanted a, a kush so bad. Yeah, they, I can should have gone to a Rosie O'Donnell table. Rosie O'Donnell, uh, you get a kush. Really? She was shoot. She would shoot yeah, them into the audience. Yeah, she would shoot them in the audience. She shoot Here, cutie patootie. It was like her thing. <laughs> I have a crush on Tom Cruise. Oh, man. Honestly. Oh. Well, isn't that the wildest thing? <laughs> Just, That's so funny. That's wilder the than wildest pop culture thing. Also, um, I follow Rosie on Twitter and she tweeted yesterday. Her favorite show is Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. I don't know if you care but um i just wanted to tell you that. <laughs> no, thank you for the, thank i have you a friend knowledge. who writes on that program i will convey those good wishes that, wonderful <laughs> thank you for sharing that with me i like knowing that i can't wait to pull it out for someone who's like exactly. oh thank you <laughs> hey look we're gonna be going to parties again soon we're gonna need oh, icebreakers yes. we we need topics okay i'm yeah. just throwing it out there do you think oh, you'll get boy. to a party and just like start spewing out lord of the rings or star wars knowledge or i won't <laughs> 
I, I, I'm really likely to walk up to someone and say, Rosie O'Donnell's favorite show is Zoe's Extraordinary. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I am afraid to get back into conversations again, though, I will say. It's, it's sure. scary to think about being in a room and just looking at each other and going like, well. Yeah, with like no topic. At least yeah. on a podcast, yeah. it's like, we're going to talk about this. Yeah. At a party, you're like, okay, I've done nothing for a while. Hello. Yeah. I feel but now like we can all do... talk about it. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, we need to agree on topics before we start a convo. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. But don't you think, obviously, the first topic is, what did you do during quarantine? Or That's rude. how are you feeling or whatever? <laughs> now, we can, now we can talk about our feelings. <laughs> I felt like a failure. Yeah. <laughs> but that's going, that goes nowhere because everyone's just on the same page. Like, I mm -hmm. did nothing. I felt like a failure. And then if they're like, well, I actually traveled a bit, then you're like, well, you're a bitch. Like, you know, it's yeah. like you can't, like... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, actually, good. if conversations are this direct post-pandemic, I'm actually kind of into it. That's like, what I'm saying. I travel a lot. Well, you're a bitch. I can't wait yeah. to overhear Lauren at a party and be like, well, you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell likes Zoe. <laughs> Just a whole party where all the conversation is you're a bitch and I'm a yeah. failure too. <laughs> 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 I said something to someone the other day where they were like, how they did kind of ask this. And I was like, oh, well, I've kind of been working a lot. And they just went, good for you. And I was like, you're right. There's no good answer. There's I know. nothing to say. It's true. Uh, I dug a hole and sat in it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that was more productive than me. You worked out. Whatever. <laughs> you worked out. <laughs> you worked out by digging a hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, now you can tell people that you've seen, Lauren, that you've seen one episode, two episodes two. of Star Trek. Yeah. What was the first one from? Ugh. Do you remember what series it was Oh, from? my God. <laughs> it's such a good question. I bet I could figure it out. Oh, Kendra knows what it was. You watched oh, Face wow. of the Enemy from The Next Generation. Thank what? you. Oh. I started to get worried that it wasn't even Star Trek. And I was like, <laughs> 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 uh. Masterpiece theater. <laughs> These people lived in a big mansion in England. <laughs> Yeah, but on that one, they were really just talking about the same thing for the whole time. So I thought this episode was way more fun because even though they kind of focused on the baseball card, it was like on my level, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> a bit more jumping around. Um, yeah. Were there any like things that y'all were fans of before before your podcast, things that you were actually like a fan of that you could talk at length about? We could probably both talk at length about 90 Day Fiance, I knew which that is was coming. Yeah. the funniest show on television. <laughs> it's the best show I mean, on TV. It's so funny. I purposefully funny. teed this up because Nicole has gotten me hooked on 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> oh. Thank you. I it's like a virus. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> it's oh, so and maybe good. I'm infected and there is no cure. I really exhausted my knowledge of 80s and 90s TV on my podcast, Raised by TV, that I did with John Gabris. And to the point where now I get almost no enjoyment from any of those shows that I used oh, to wow. like. So, you know, you just, it was like talking about something you love so mm -hmm. much can be hard because then you're like, now I know so much or I've just exhausted all my opinions about it. So like, I'm not even interested in my own thoughts, mm -hmm. but I really loved, like I used to get a lot of comfort out of watching like the childhood shows that I grew up on. But now yeah. I just watch reality TV and- I feel like that's a lot of, I didn't used to watch reality TV, but I feel like working in TV, you want to watch something that's like not at all what we do. And just mm -hmm. like, I just want to turn off yes. my brain and watch wild people say wild shit. I love it. And I also, I, I love that. I don't know the ins and outs of like how it works. So even when someone's like, you know, that show's really fake. I'm like, 
do we know that? Like, no. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the, sa- the same seven people keep going to parties together. <laughs> <laughs> They're the only people at the party. <laughs> that's not fake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a coincidence. It's a coincidence. <laughs> you happen to be there. It's a coincidence. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot about Drag Race. I love RuPaul's Drag Race. I gotta sure. say, I do. I've been like watching the older seasons again, and I mm-hmm. really miss the old reunions where the girls would come and attack each other. Oh. <laughs> now it's more like love, and I'm like, you got to be on it, right? Weren't you a judge? Weren't you a judge on it? Yes, I did get to be a judge on it, and I truly loved it so much. It's like a dream come true. I feel That's like so you're cool. an excellent judge for it because you you get it, you take it seriously, but you're funny and you're a fan. I'm like, I want that to be all of the judges. Thank all the time. you. You're welcome. Would you to watch a space romance reality show? <laughs> uh- <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I yes. would. Two people going to space to fall in love. Maybe or there's like a is it a person who day. fucks an alien? Because I also yeah yeah yeah. Like I would watch someone fuck an alien all day long. For sure. Like, there's an alien that they want to fucking marry that's on a different mm-hmm. planet, and they have to oh, get yes. like a 90-day intergalactic visa. Yes, I would love to hear someone be like, well, on my planet, we do it this way. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't understand my planet's culture. Yeah. You have to cover your nose everywhere you go, otherwise it's impolite. <laughs> <laughs> would, would you watch Star Trek again? I could see it happening. Mm-hmm. You know, there's situations in my life where I'm I'm watching things all the time where I don't know what's going on, and I. Lauren, <laughs> <laughs> this is right. my point is I've I've been now in a situation where I've been asked to watch Star Trek twice, so mm-hmm. it, it it just it okay. probably is going to happen again, and I would watch it again, um, and I definitely I mean I will watch Star Trek Lower Decks because I got to do a little part on it, so that was. You know, that counts as part of the universe, which to right. me is, and I'm, I'm very, um, you know, good at watching cartoons. I love that. I love that you're <laughs> I've always said that. <laughs> yep, me too. Lauren, She's good at watching jam. cartoons. Absolutely. <laughs> but that that's like really, that's, that's really accessible to me because it's obviously, it's new, it's funny, it's like everything that yeah. I like. I think watching the older stuff is harder for me because it's like, I have to like get into a mindset and I also feel like I'm missing a lot of information. So then I Mm. think like, well, then I'd have to watch from the beginning. And then the idea of that is just like, well, then that's season four of newcomers. Like we Mm, might as well. So at that point, (laughs) no, that makes sense. Plus, I mean, Lower Decks is a totally different beast. It's the only Trek comedy. It's the only out and out Trek comedy. So that makes sense. And all your friends are in it. (laughs) You have 400 people that you know are in the voice cast. So watch it for that. (laughs) Nicole, what about you? Yeah, Nicole. You gonna watch it every day? I'm every I day. start watching it every single day. <laughs> but maybe I'll watch the next generation. How mm-hmm. does it start? These are the voyages of the Star Trek mm-hmm. Enterprise. That's everybody's close. good friends, oh, and we zoom through space. Yeah. <laughs> Here are our stories, dum dum. You pretty much it, yeah, it's got a dick wolf right. dum dum at the Captain end. Captain Lenny Briscoe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, great work. Yeah, maybe I'll watch that again. What's your What's your guys's favorite iteration? Um, like, go ahead, Paul. My, mine's probably Next Generation. I grew up on the the original in reruns when I was a kid, and always always loved it. But Next Generation, I think, because it got to go on longer and it got to find its footing, and you know, uh, I I 
and having rewatched uh, uh, the whole series, not within the last few years, it's like it really it really holds up. It's it's I think it's really good. Mm-hmm. I think mine. I mean, I love lower decks, but it just feels like a different thing because I'm in that. <laughs> so that feels like a different <laughs> question. But I, I think Deep Space Nine will always be my favorite because of just like when I watched it as a kid. Yeah. I have a question about Picard. Have you guys watched it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Is it like the next generation just later or he's a different like? It how, is him. Tell me. It's it's still Captain Picard, yes. but we catch up with it. Basically, it's like the amount of time since we've seen Captain Picard in oh. uniform. It's it's the exact same amount of time as us yeah. seeing Patrick Stewart now play Patrick mm-hmm. play Captain Picard again. So he's much older. He's back on Earth. He has left oh. the Federation for oh. secret reasons that I won't tell you. Um, and it is about his quest to find some things and someone. Uh, but it's very like action packed. It's um, serialized, so it's not like quick, you know, like episodic where you just get like one off episodes mm-hmm. like the Next Generation was. So yeah, it's like a long story arc over the first season. Yeah. And he's he's great, Mm -hmm. um, obviously. And it's so much fun to watch him do this role so many years later. There's a lot of hot people on it. (laughs) I'm listening. I I saw my own eyes widen on the Zoom and I was like, I suck. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I mean, Picard and Discovery have both watched them. If you don't want to watch for the Trek, watch for the hot people because they have nailed it. Like, there are great looking folks in both casts. Okay. Very true. Very true. That feels like a more modern day thing. I feel like, like I feel like that was not a concern as much in the eighties and nineties with everyone being hot. Yeah. Like I think like it was more just like, especially looking at, I mean, some of these pictures of how they made people look, they make people <laughs> look way worse than they do look. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> it's just interesting. I mean, I feel like we has our culture just changed so much. Cause we like have filters and like, so much plastic surgery that we're like, we'd rather if they were just all hot. Can you just make I, them? I wonder if it's just like what we think as hot now, because I bet people thought of, I know people thought of all of them as hot on The Next Generation. Mm. So I think it's just the taste change. That is change. true. I also think it's it's uh, the focus of entertainment shifting from adults to young people. Mm. And like uh, my one of my favorite comparisons is if you look at a, f- a cast photo of Barney Miller, Mm. which is an old 70s cop sitcom next to a, a cast photo of the cast of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's a <laughs> striking difference. <laughs> like these are people that would not be allowed on television. Today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's so funny. Oh, Man, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, thank you for joining us and for watching something that you weren't familiar with and for just diving in. Um, I think it was a lot of fun to have you and I hope it was fun-ish for you to watch it. It was fun. It was thank fun. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney, the voice of Korra on The Legend of Korra. And me, Dante Bosco, the voice of Zuko on The Last Airbender and General Iroh on The Legend of Korra. Each week we'll recap and discuss another episode of The Last Airbender. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but... 
amazing guests stop by from creators to cast to super fans to chat all things Avatarverse. Are we saying that this is possible in the Avatar universe? Varney, we gotta spread the word. Now fans can also check out our weekly video pods too by subscribing to the official Avatar YouTube channel. That's a lot of fire, isn't it? That's right, we're on video this season, everybody. So, whether you're a super fan with encyclopedic knowledge or you're brand new to this incredible world, it's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, there you go. Oh, I could have talked to them for hours. Yeah, after a while, I felt like we were keeping them. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. wait but, you, guys, <laughs> you guys want to talk about something else? Um, <laughs> No, they are dear friends. Um, as I said before, Nicole is what got me hooked on 90 Day Fiance. So we have her mm-hmm. to thank for uh, me being into that. But uh, yeah, so I guess I can add add a second fandom to my <laughs> to my previously one fandom list. <laughs> but are there going to be, are, are there conventions for these reality shows? Oh I guess God. there could be, right? I mean. I would fully cosplay. Yeah, there's BravoCon. <laughs> yeah. Cosplay. I would cosplay as one of these 90 Day people. For sure. Some of them got real cute looks. It would just what be an excuse God to- What God Hell yeah. All right. Oh, man. Well, we hope you enjoyed this chat. <laughs> if you have not listened to Newcomers, we highly, highly recommend it. It's good if you're Absolutely. a fan of the things they're talking about. It's good if you're not a fan of the things they're talking about. Yes, indeed. And we'll be back next week. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Please, uh, if you can, rate, review, subscribe, all those things. It really mm-hmm. does help us. And you really do help us personally to have a wonderful time doing this podcast thank, thank you so, so much. much we'll be back live long and prosper live long and prosper bye-bye 